welcome to Lead the Pack podcast, brought to you by Pacific University, Oregon. I'm Maddie, one of your admissions counselors. And I'm Liana, your tour and visit coordinator. And And we're we're your your hosts. hosts! This podcast covers all things college, from admissions tips to campus traditions, and everything in between to help you on your road to success. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode three of Lead the Pack podcast. If the shoe fits, how to continue your college search from home. I'm Liana. And I'm Maddie. And we have a wonderful episode for you today. We know we've been away for a little while, but that's because just like you and everyone else, we've been gearing up for the school year. Which is why we thought that the perfect episode for today would be all about finding the college that's the perfect fit for you from the comfort of your own home. We have with us an amazing teammate, Tanya Castaneda Cervantes, to help us talk about this. Tanya, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, hi everyone. (laughs) Yay! I'm so happy to be here. Yes, thank Um, you. (laughs) Yes, so as Maddie said, I'm Tanya. I'm one of the admissions counselors here at Pacific. Um, And I grew up here in Forest Grove, so right in the heart of Pacific. And as an admissions counselor, I'm the one that gets to read applications, um, admit students, so uh, I get a really exciting job. I get to uh, follow you through the whole process in your senior year, right, in your journey of finding your college. Uh, So I hope that um, I bring you a little bit more of that insight of how to prepare for, um, you know, finding the right fit for you. I was a first-generation college student, however, I was the third in my family to go to college, so my two older siblings were in college when I was looking Mm -hmm. for where to go, Um, so I did have that uh, knowledge. Um, It was still very new, so I'll share a little bit more about how that process went through uh, throughout this podcast. But yeah, I ended up attending a small private university. It was a liberal arts university, very similar to Pacific. Um, And I ended up majoring in Spanish and minored in communications, which were both interests that I discovered in college. So they were completely new to me. Um, So it was a very exciting experience. Awesome. Thank you so much. And yes, we will get into um, your college experience a little bit more, which I'm excited to hear about. Um, but let's get down to it. The school year's starting soon, um, or already has for some folks, and touring schools can be super wonderful for the college search process, which you can find out about in episode one of the season if you want to check that out. Um, but during the school year, you probably won't have as much time to do that. And if you're in your senior year, you're probably hearing from teachers and your counselors maybe that it's time to either narrow down your search or even start your college search, which if you're starting your college search now, that's great. That's totally okay. Beginning of your senior year is a great time to start and you're not at all behind on that. Absolutely. The college search is all about finding the right fit. You're going to hear a lot of colleges and counselors and teachers talk about that fit. And what do we mean by that? Well, fit is unique to each person. So it's not any particular set of check marks that any student's trying to to figure out which one, you know, checks the most boxes. That's certainly a, a route that some students can take. Uh, but it can also be narrowed down to just a few things. What's the best financial decision for you in an investment in college? How far away do you want to go from your family? We're going to talk about a lot of those different pieces of what creates the right fit. But 
what the majority of students tell us, and, and this is something that I myself has experienced, Tanya, Leona may chat about that today as well, but a lot of it is actually, how do I feel? Does this feel like I can make this my second home? So some of the things we're going to chat about today might start to add up together to create that right fit. But there's something about uh, you feeling as though you can enter into an environment that challenges you, um, but is also going to be investing in you in the future. So right fit, there's no one definition. (laughs) And if anything, if we leave today, maybe we'll we'll get a definition for you, but um, know that it's going to be unique to you. Yeah, pretty much. It's really like, like a shoe. Like uh, a shoe. Shout out to the title. Um, <laughs> if the shoe fits. Yes. <laughs> it needs to be comfy, the right length, the right width, all of the things. And we'll get into that a little bit more soon. Um, starting your college search from home especially can be really, really intimidating. The internet is a vast place and college websites can be kind of like a maze sometimes. So yes. um, it's it can be really overwhelming. And if it's because maybe you don't have as much support at home or you're first in your family to go through this process, or even if you're just not sure what you're looking for, it just can make it really hard to know where to start. Um, But this is why we have Tanya here today. Um, So she's going to bring up some of the things that might help you um, figure out what you can do on your own at home to find that fit and to just empower you while you're searching for your own college. Yeah, so like Maddie and Liana said, right, this process will be very personable to you. So a lot of my tips will uh, kind of guide you, but mainly I want you to start asking questions about yourself and what you want, right? So <laughs> the um, hardest I, part. Yeah, the hardest part. <laughs> Super awkward. Um, but it's, it's a journey that you'll embark starting, I mean, that senior year, and you'll continue to experience that mm-hmm. every single year throughout so college. Mm-hmm. Um so this is just, you know, the first the first step into that journey. Um, so my first tip for students is to um, ask yourself what you enjoy in school, right? So what are those uh, classes that you genuinely enjoy? And then looking into academic programs um, that colleges offer. Um, so I don't know if um, Maddie and Liana, if this was one of the first things that you guys were looking into. I know for myself, this was not... the top of my list. Um, That's so fair. Yeah, I did not know what I wanted to do in in college. I just knew that I had to go to college. That was the Mm, only thing I really knew. Um, And I was like, I'll figure it out when I get there. (laughs) Um, So I did know that, although I didn't know have a specific academic program, I knew that I wanted to go into a place where I could change my mind. I had flexibility, um, which is why I chose the liberal arts university, right, where I was going to get that well-rounded education, I was going to have time to then pick a major. Um, And if I wanted to change my major, I could. Um, (laughs) So that was very important to me. Yeah. But did you guys go into your search with academic in mind? Yeah, that's such a great point to bring up because reflecting now, um, I remember kind of panicking in high school because I was mm. like, I I generally like all of my classes, but nothing like stuck <laughs> out to me as like, this is a life profession. Um, but I had been doing dance and theater for most of my life. That wasn't presented to me as a class or as an academic option at that point. But 
great news. Those things are academic programs in college. (laughs) So if you're like, none of my classes are speaking to me at the moment, maybe turn to your extracurriculars, Mm -hmm. turn to dance, sports. There are academic programs that are like sports management, sports leadership, sports communication. So if something like that makes you feel much more excited and um, more passionate, maybe that's it. Maybe it's not one of your math, science, or English classes, and that's totally okay, too. So that's something to kind of just add into the mix there. Absolutely. And a a lot of colleges, and this was my experience, a lot of colleges have some of those general areas of study, and that's what I was attracted to because I also was not necessarily intrigued by certain (laughs) classes, but I knew a characteristic about myself in that I just wanted to help people. So I was also a first-generation college student, so I thought, okay, I'm going to become a doctor. Yeah, I'm going to get the most difficult profession out there. Let's do it. <laughs> and and found, you know, thankfully I ended up in a, a university setting that I could change my mind, like Tanya mentioned. Um, but I, I was interested in a lot of those general studies, psychology, chemistry, biology. Um, I ended up being interested in paleontology, fossils, the mm. living, the dead, all of it. I was just, yeah. what makes up this world? Why do people do what they do and and that was something that uh, was encouraging to me because no one was really asking me about my interest in college I didn't have any siblings that had gone my parents were not um, college educated so uh, it really was quite independent and kind of this trailblazing experience of well we'll see Mm -hmm. what happens (laughs) when I get there yeah Yeah. absolutely so well Tanya what do you do do if academics is not the place to start Yeah, I feel like also, I mean, with um, looking into the support too, right? Mm -hmm. So like I said, with academics, it wasn't on top of mind, right? I knew I wanted to change my mind. And um, as I mentioned earlier, I ended up picking uh, Spanish literature, uh, (laughs) which I really enjoyed my AP Spanish classes in high school. But I never thought that was going to be my major. Um, I ended up, you know, thinking, oh, I'll just, it'll be a double major Mm -hmm. added on to something else. and then after talking to my professors, and I was like, this could be a profession. And like Maddie said, she wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to work with students. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I could be a Spanish teacher or a Spanish professor eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of geared in that way. And then, um, yeah, so now I do get to work with students, not in a <laughs> classroom per se, but I do get to work with students. So I love what I do. Um, but yes, yeah, so the other thing that I would recommend to students is looking at the support that you'll receive, right? So when you're coming in, either you do have an academic program that you're interested in, or maybe you're undecided like myself, um, what is the support that you'll receive uh, throughout your four years in that university, right? So some of the things to look at and support is the size of the university, right? Size is a big deal um, for some students, right? How big Mm -hmm. are your classes going to be? Will you be getting an academic advisor, someone that will get to meet with you and get to show you how to schedule your classes and pick a good schedule for you (laughs) and get that guidance? Or will you be thrown into this online portal and just, okay, figure it out. out. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, so asking, right, or either looking online or you can actually email us. Email, find a point of contact on our Mm -hmm. website, uh, admissions counselors or great Mm -hmm. point of contact um and ask them right what is the support going to be like what's the size of the class um 
what happens if I change my mind and I want to change my major? What would that look like? These are all questions I've gotten and they're great questions to ask because it'll give you a little bit of an insight of what that experience would look like for you. Yeah, Tanya, and I would also add for any student who might need additional support in those classes, mm-hmm. whether you're in a big school or small school, does that college provide tutoring? Mm-hmm. And if so, does that cost or is that free to students? Mm-hmm. Um, if you are in a classroom setting and you need additional time on tests or you have um, what's called an IEP plan or a 504 plan where you're getting additional support because of um, anything that's going on for you, social or emotionally, uh, that might be something you want to ask about. Uh, does this college provide free services for those students? What does that look like uh, when time gets really stressful in college? Um, that's one part of the support that I, I definitely want to mention because colleges can actually be pretty robust, but maybe that's important to you at the beginning yeah. of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, it goes back to that knowing yourself and asking yourself what kind of support is most important to you. Maybe at some point you want to have an emotional support animal on campus. What would that look like living on campus? And Mm -hmm. yeah, just kind of pinpointing that within yourself to then be able to have something to look for in these Mm -hmm. colleges. It Mm -hmm. seems really integral. Yeah, I know that for myself. I knew that I thrived really well in the smaller class sizes Mm -hmm. uh, because I did have really close relationship with my teachers in high school so I wanted to continue that in college if all possible Um, and I remember comparing my experience with my older sister who is currently a student at a, a big state university and if I missed class, I would get an email from my professor saying, <laughs> hey, we missed you. Hope all is well. Uh, you know, yeah. what can I do to help you get caught up on this day or whatever it was, right? Um, and my sister would say, oh, well, they, they wouldn't even have noticed if I was gone, mm. if I missed that class. So just comparing the different types of support that you would even receive from missing that one yeah. class, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, well, you know, one thing that I underestimated of support Mm -hmm. Um, was I was actually a student athlete going into college. Um, I was recruited to play um, at one school and decided to to enroll there. It was a small school. And I didn't realize until I had already registered for classes, paid tuition, and was at practice with these coaches, with these other players, and realizing, whoa, this this is not my high school experience. Mm -hmm. These coaches care about winning, and that's important. But I didn't care about winning. I wanted to (laughs) create connections. I I was that social part of the team dynamic. And I had to decide, you know, this isn't supportive to me um, in the way that I need it to be. So I need to switch gears. And I just decided not to be a student athlete anymore. But that was actually something I underestimated, like that team dynamic. So for any of our student athletes who might want to continue, um, you know, really considering what's my dynamic with the coach, with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might not know until you get here, and that's okay. Um, but that is something to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah. when looking for those schools, um, if you, yeah, any any hobbies, sports yeah. or music, if it's something you want to continue, do you have the capacity to do that at the college you're looking at in a less committal way, if that's mm-hmm. what you choose, whether it's yeah. intramurals or just playing an instrument for fun? Mm-hmm. Can you do that without it? Um, causing issues with your academic program or anything like that, you know, if that's important to you. And something else I heard um, Tanya saying that I want to highlight that feels important is this just asking. Mm-hmm. Ask your friends at different size schools. Ask those admissions counselors. I know it can be really scary, 
um, especially emailing admissions counselors, like a cold email, but um, they love it. I promise we love to get emails. Truly. Um, yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, but yeah, ask your friends maybe in high school who graduated two years before you or something and they're at school right now just ask them their experience and then kind of feel that gut reaction. So much of this is about learning about yourself. And I think so much of it comes down to just trusting your instincts and trusting your gut reaction when you hear about these schools. Like, does that sound fun or not? (laughs) Really, it's what it comes down to, I think, in some ways. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I'll jump to my next point because I think it kind of ties into it, but also um, the culture of a... Mm of a campus is so important. Um, And this was something that I underplayed a little bit because it is kind of hard to figure out a culture of a campus when you're not a student there yet. What does that mean? Um, Yeah. How do you find it on the website? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So some of the things that, you know, make up the culture of a campus, it could be looking at, you know, the athletics on campus, the clubs that um, are available. If you can start your own club, um, what are what's important right to to the campus essentially um so some of the things that i would encourage students to do is to visit that was one thing that i didn't do i didn't mm. actually i only went to one maybe two college visits <laughs> um i went to zero yeah. <laughs> um and i also didn't go when students were on campus i oh, think i did so it like important. winter yeah. break yeah so yeah. super important to go when students are actually on campus if you can um then you'll actually get to see it right for yourself and um, how students are interacting with each other um, if professors are out in the dining hall eating with students or um, you know getting to see a little bit more of the realistic of what you can Mm -hmm. expect Um, yeah anything else that you guys can add on culture on campuses I think it just comes down to those values again just asking yourself what Mm -hmm. what do I want out of my college experience because you know, big school, small school, whatever, Mm -hmm. it's all valid experiences that Mm -hmm. anyone can make the most of, but just figuring out which one is for you is the important thing. Mm -hmm. And some of that culture might be um, some of the culture that you already have, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's your own identities or ones you want to explore that you feel like now in college, this could be an opportunity to open some doors uh, to some different cultures. So uh, knowing some of those things, yes, like you're saying, asking yourself, being honest with yourself, uh, but also being um, excited about <laughs> like the opportunity for you to grow. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have it figured out now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If I reflected on who I was at in high school as opposed to where I am now, completely different interests, completely different <laughs> ways of spending my day, uh, but it was that college experience where I was able to start somewhere and say, okay, what's important to me from semester to semester? Sometimes you live day by day as a college student, just working through what's due that afternoon, what, mm-hmm. what am I having for lunch? Mm-hmm. Um, but some of that culture can be um, also experienced through the admissions events um, that colleges host. So oftentimes they'll bring in other voices, so not just admissions, but they'll bring in current students. Mm-hmm. They might bring in those professors Uh, And do feel as though you can ask some questions. Maybe it's after the event is over or during the breaks in these events, um, even in a a virtual setting uh, of chatting with them, saying, you know, this is what I I represent myself as, you know, are those opportunities for those here? What does that look like for students? Um, Because maybe you need to see someone um, that looks like you. So then you can say, okay, I want to chat with them, Mm -hmm. uh, but also keeping that open mind of, 
Mm-hmm. Um, what other experiences can I have on that campus? Yeah. 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 Um, another important point, too, you know, that impacted a lot in my um, hunt for what college I would apply for was the location. And I know a lot of mm-hmm. students, this is... The, probably the number one thing that they'll (laughs) the number one thing that they'll do as they narrow down colleges because there's so many yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know where what state do you want to study in and then after the state okay you know where what do I want to walk after the you know outside of the campus what do I want to see do I want to see trees do I want to do I want to see desert do I want to see the beach right so some of these questions um of the location and what's important to you I knew that I wanted to be very close to family, so that was important to me. Um, for some students, right, it's going out of state and expanding their wings a little bit more. Um, so that's another factor to look into. And um, yeah, and if you can, right, actually visiting if you are planning to go out of state and seeing, checking the place out, right, mm-hmm. before committing to an out of state school <laughs> without even going. Um, so yeah. And then the last piece, and this is why I added at the very end, because mm-hmm. um, this was actually my number one when I was mm. looking at uh, colleges and narrowing down my search. So my number one was cost, but now mm-hmm. I recommend students to put it at the very end. Because it was my number one, I closed off so many opportunities um, because I dove into Google, like Liana said, the internet <laughs> is so vast, and I'm over here Googling how much does X, Y, and Z cost? And then I just started crossing off my list. Can't afford that. Can't afford that. And then I ended up with nothing. Oh, so true. Yeah. And then right. I went to my high school counselor and I'm like, I can't go to college. I'm like, <laughs> I can't afford anything. And and she's like, okay, let's take three steps back. <laughs> um, and she kind of explained to me, right, sticker price is not what students pay. Uh, so she recommended me to apply to three schools, which I would encourage students to apply more than three schools. Mm-hmm. But that was still great, a great starting point. So I applied to a community college, to a, a public university, and to a private and I surprised myself in the sense that the private ended up being the most affordable for me and my family. So now I just wonder, what if I would have applied to more, mm-hmm. right? What would have those opportunities looked like? And I don't know, right? So apply to all the universities that you're interested in uh, based on these other factors, right? The academic programs, the support, the location, mm-hmm. all these other things that are important to you. And then look at the cost at the very end. So in February is when those financial aid letters go out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's when it's a good time to get that final cost, right? But at the very beginning, you're just going to be closing doors um, prematurely, really. So yeah, yeah. And there's something that I hear you chat with students about all the time, Tanya, which is applying opens the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and applying to private schools, which oftentimes are more expensive. Applying opens the door for scholarships. It opens the door for uh, additional scholarships that you can go for. And it also opens the door to understanding what financial aid is available at any particular institution. So you just, you're expanding your understanding um, and the definitions to different words and how this school talks about it versus this school. So yeah, the, the cost is a huge, I think, factor because gosh, you're like, if you're a traditional college student, um, you might be 17, 18, 19 <laughs> years old making the biggest financial investment maybe in your lifetime, um, depending on your life goals. But to imagine that that is to happen simultaneously when you're in your senior year trying to graduate co- from high school, 
and maybe finishing some really big productions or classes or, or academics um, or athletics. So know that the financial aid offices on campuses are also a resource. So there's admissions, there's financial aid, there's academic advising, and so many other offices on these college campuses. And they're not afraid to talk with prospective students um, of what the cost will actually be. So while admissions can be a resource and cost, you can also talk to the experts and mm-hmm. just expand your your resources. Yeah, and I'd like to add, I know some people listening may be like, well, hey, applying is great, but how do I decide which ones to apply to? Well, going back to what Tanya said, it's you don't have to have your list super narrow before you apply. Mm-hmm. And a great thing mm-hmm. for that is the Common App, which we'll talk about next month, so stay tuned. Um, but things like that where you can add a ton of schools to the same application so you're really not doing any extra work, that's going to help you narrow your search more than just trying to dig through websites beforehand to figure out which ones you want to apply to. It's that post-application time that's going to narrow the search that much more, Mm -hmm. Um, and especially when it is just one application for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Great. Well, I think that kind of, uh, like, covers all of that and, um, you know, gets that list narrowed down a little bit. Um, Do you have any tips looking online um, at college websites, because I don't know, I, I like info. I like to just look something up and get an answer. Um, do you have any tips for like what to look for on college websites specifically real quick before we move on any yeah. further? Yeah, of course. So I think that when you're looking at, um, you know, when you have your list of colleges that you're interested in, um, focusing on that one thing that you're, um, that's really important to you, right? So for example, if it's a this one academic program um, that you're really certain about and you really want to, um, you know, it's top of your list. When you're looking at these schools, right, open them up with the websites and different tabs and then (laughs) go into them and then look at their academic programs. Make sure that they have that program. Keep in mind that sometimes schools can have different names for majors too. Mm -hmm. So then that can be a little tricky. (laughs) So you can, you know, reach out. Again, don't be afraid to send a, you know, quick email um, and ask your admissions counselor and say, this is my end goal, right? I want to be a pharmacist or I want to be um, a doctor, right? What would be a great pathway for me to take? What's the most common major that students Mm -hmm. have taken? And we would be more than happy to answer those questions. Um, But if you're just on the website, right, focusing on one of those important things to you, if it's Greek life, um, if it's athletics, right, looking at uh, comparing those D3 schools, um, whatever division that you're interested in, right, and then opening up those tabs. To me, it's just most helpful. I'm a visual learner, so I like to have them all kind of (laughs) laid out and then see kind of the differences um, between there. But... um, yeah, I think the number one thing after you initially go through the website is reaching out, right, and seeing how that those connections work out with coaches, with the counselors, and with everyone else in the university. Yeah, that's going to save yeah. you so much time yeah. specifying that, that quest and that question. Definitely. Well, Tanya, thank you. These are all amazing things that you can do. Um, Students can do on their own, either at home or if it's on the bus or when they're (laughs) at school. You know, there's entire um, there's entire groups of people at your individual high schools uh, that can support you in this, whether it's a high school counselor or a college and career counselor uh, that facilitates a lot of this search. 
but it's also those friends and those parents that we talked about, um, those people that might be a little bit older than you and are currently in college. Um, you do have a lot of support um, in many different ways. So start having those conversations. Yeah. And, you know, we know that everyone's coming from super different backgrounds, different um, size schools, different kinds of home lives and everything like that, um, with varying degrees of that support and um, a variation on where that support is coming from, too. So do you two just want to, we talked about it a little bit, but just kind of touch on what it was like for you during this process, if there's anything that felt particularly useful in that, um, or just kind of your experience, because I think sometimes students feel alone in this, and this might help show them that they're not, they're not alone, we're here, Mm -hmm. and we've been through it too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think that, um, like I said, I think the most useful thing in my experience was asking people because mm-hmm. although um, going through websites it's great and you know getting that you know personal research that you get to do it's awesome right I, I did it myself too but those like personal stories um, and asking if you can right connecting with someone that is a current student from those universities um, I mentioned earlier that you know two of my two older siblings were current college students so I got to hear their experiences in these two different institutions, um, and I chose a different one, but also, I mean, just, you know, hearing from their friend groups that went to different schools. So some of you may have those connections, some of you may not. So maybe it's from your teachers. Uh, Where did they go to school? How was their experience like? Um, Yes, and I personally really enjoy those storytelling and hearing those personal experiences, and that was really helpful to me um, in in my search. But yes, your your experience will be very unique. Even after hearing all these different stories, uh, right? You'll take this information and then you'll create your own path and, and you'll create your own journey really. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my journey was uh, not full of as much support. Um, I de- definitely could have asked people more of their <laughs> stories. Um, I really kind of did it all by myself. I had friends that were taking the ACT, so I thought, okay, I'll sign up for that the night before. That sounds like (laughs) something important. And no one was telling me no, but no one was asking me or encouraging me or walking me over to the center that talks about college and my Mm -hmm. high school. So uh, it was really really quite intimidating um, to apply to things. That was a a lesson in life of meeting deadlines um, when they say that they want to see your application in by this day. (laughs) Try to do that. Because there are some institutions that won't accept things after those deadlines. So some really important deadlines um, that I learned. Um, if I didn't take advantage of that, I would miss opportunities. But it was also, uh, it was really scary and intimidating to go through financial aid. I didn't have a parent that was looking at these packages with me to tell me what a loan was or what interest rates were or what it meant to, to pay those back. So... If anything, hopefully there's a, a little a little glimmer of hope at the end of the tunnel that there's admissions offices, uh, certainly here at Pacific, uh, but also at other institutions uh, where it's literally people's job to help you. And that's always my goal because I was very intimidated and very scared and didn't really get my head above water until like sophomore year in college um, when I was like, whoa, okay, I took out that much in loans. That's what that means. And 
I'm studying something I'm not interested in. Okay, what am I doing? (laughs) And that's when I started to have more conversations with people. I had built a network of support. I returned back to my network of support, like parents and friends and friends that have gone to other schools. So I was able to kind of get on track for myself, what felt like on track. But it took a probably middle of senior year to yeah the first part of sophomore year for me to be like oh all right (laughs) I made those decisions Mm -hmm, okay and it turns out I'm fine (laughs) (laughs) like I ended up in a really supportive institution so um I think that's yeah one of the biggest things you mentioned Mm -hmm. yeah so you know again you're not alone and there are a lot of experiences and feelings all wrapped up in this process it's not just about like grades there's also there's a lot a lot of emotion that goes into it so um whatever you know you might be feeling about it right now that's so valid and it's so understandable to um have a lot of mixed emotions about this whole time in your life as a a senior in high school or you know around that time mm-hmm. <laughs> well we just want to share one last tool with you and if you haven't guessed it already it's actually us it's admissions if we haven't made that clear yeah (laughs) if you're interested in pacific and want to chat with any of us uh, regardless of whether or not you're we're your admissions counselor which you each have your own um we're happy to talk about pacific and break down some of these college search and this fit uh what does that mean to you help you figure that out because you can always reach out to us. You can schedule time to meet virtually with us. You can schedule time to come to campus, meet in our offices, have tea with us. <laughs> um, but it's about you know narrowing down that college list uh, and how to figure out which school is a good fit for you. And it's okay if you utilize us as a resource and decide not to come to Pacific. Absolutely. Uh, we would be over the moon and completely <laughs> honored to have you consider Pacific and, and ultimately decide to become a boxer. Uh, but we're a resource for you um, on all things Pacific, but truly generally as well. Yeah. And like both of these lovely people have said, you can always come visit any school, but for Pacific, go to pacificu.edu slash visit and I'll get you all signed up. Um, keep an eye out for those admissions events. That's another great way to figure out the culture. Like they were saying, um, we have senior preview scholarship days coming up and they will be here so soon. Uh, We'll talk more about that very soon and kind of what that means. But in the meantime, registration and info on those events can be found on our website at pacificu.edu slash srpreview. So lots of things coming up in the school year to be able to see campus. And that's it for us today. A huge thank you to Tanya. Yay! Thank you for chatting (laughs) with us. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at PacUAdmissions for extra info and fun highlights. And if you have any questions at all, you can always just start with an email to admissions at pacificu.edu or give us a call and they'll forward you over to any admissions counselor. I promise we're all happy and excited to hear from you. And that's 503-352-2218. And we'd love to hear from you. So this is the Lead the Pack podcast and we can't wait for you to be a boxer. Bye.